and external readers, thanks for joining us again on our podcast. I am Catherine Druckman, and joining us is uh, Doc Searles, as always, our editor-in-chief for Linux Journal, and also Petros Katupis, one of our favorite Linux Journal editors, and I don't say that to all the editors. <laughs> um, no, I probably do. <laughs> what is your title, really? Is it, um, it's something cool. Is it editor-at-large? Yes, it's editor-at-large. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's but great. now it's going to be LJ's favorite uh, writer. I think it is. I think it is. Well, those container articles <laughs> get you a lot of brownie points. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was I just looking. The latest, the latest NVMe ones have been making. Yeah, those have been pretty great. So, but today we're talking about our current issue as of this recording anyway, and should be as of this recording's release. And that is our issue that's all about Mac, which is kind of interesting, but really, I guess, focusing on either people who are using both platforms or migrating from Mac to Linux. And Petros, you have a couple of the deep dive articles this month, don't you? I think yeah. you have at least two. I, I, I just want to jump in and point out that the, the theme of, of this month's magazine is from Mac to Linux. It is primarily about migration. So and uh, with, you know, Petro's heavily featured. Heavily, heavily featured. Yeah. So, so, so Petros, we were talking earlier about um, GNU Step. You did an, uh, an interview with, us, with them and a little bit of a kind of a how-to. What can you tell us about that? And how, how does that, you know, help people who are making the switch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of interviewing... Uh, uh, Gregory Casamento, who is the lead maintainer, project maintainer of uh, GNU Step. And GNU Step actually, actually uh, builds up from um, the former uh, Next Step ecosystem, you know, Next Step API, which is essentially what Apple has adopted once they integrated uh, Next Step into their uh, Mac OS uh, X um, uh, operating system environment. So, all, all, GNU Step was essentially an evolution of uh, the Next Step environment in an open source, uh, you know, uh, method of distribution. And its uh, its appeal is that it actually conforms to not necessarily the most recent, but the more you know, the, the some of the latest. Uh, Cocoa APIs, which makes it ideal for individuals that seek uh, uh, to do some cross-platform uh, development, uh, you know, between uh, the Mac OS and, uh, and uh, Linux. Although, uh, in theory, you know, the GNU step, I believe, uh, if, if memory serves, uh, is also uh, supported on, uh, on Solaris for those who still use Solaris. Man, I, I, I do miss Solaris. And uh, I think maybe maybe I'm I'm not necessarily accurate in this, but I think that there's a port for it on Windows. Don't quote me on that at the moment. But the idea is, you know, it's it's a cross-platform development framework that allows one to build um, applications uh, against the Cocoa API, which is essentially what the Mac OS uh, does. Okay. So I, I actually, so I did a little, a little bit of digging into, I, um, 
I was reading the GNU Step Wiki, which is kind of interesting because there's a like a I guess a wish list over there, which I thought was interesting. It's um, a very well written uh, wiki. They they shoved a lot of information in there. Yeah, I agree. Or at least I think there was a maybe I'm, I I might be imagining that. I swear I saw that. Anyway, <laughs> but I would imagine there are quite a few um, quite a few applications that have been ported with this. And I'm wondering if there's a list somewhere that we could point people to. Uh, and if there's not, I'll just edit Actually, this section out. <laughs> there is but, uh, a list. I mean, you okay, well, when we find them, it, or if we find it, we'll, put, we'll tack that onto the description of this podcast. Some of them came from the original Next Step environment, which includes the text edit that almost every Mac user should be familiar with. You know, the mail application, the chess game, all of this stuff that you find in the current Mac OS mm -hmm. all came back from, um, from next step. And they've also been, you know, um, forward ported to the uh, GNU step environment. So it's, you can readily install them or build them from the, uh, the, the GNU step environment. In fact, even if you go onto like a, a modern distribution, such as, such as Ubuntu or Debian and install, uh, the GNU Step uh, ecosystem, all of this, all of these uh, ported applications will exist, and you can actually bring up, you know, the same text edit application that uh, you are running on, um, on on a Mac in Debian, which I think, you know, is neat. Although I will admit that uh, that um, you know Linux has. Uh, uh, some better uh, note-taking uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, applications, yeah. if you ask me, right? You know, that but like uh, a solution in search of a problem. <laughs> the thing is, it's 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 a nice to have. It's nice to see, yeah. and it just proves to you that it's possible to have right. one platform cross you know platform framework that allows you to seamlessly you know port applications back and forth. Right. So if you are a Mac OS developer and you need to port things to, to Linux or vice versa, Linux developer you need to build something uh, that needs to be ported over to the Mac OS, you can do so through GNU Step. Yeah, that's great. And, and hey, if you are, please do more of that. If you're listening and you're a Mac OS developer, please port more of your stuff to Linux. So I'd give that little plug. So, so the, other, um, the other article you wrote was about accessing your Mac storage via Linux, which seems pretty uh, pretty practical what can you tell us about that so that people will I mean don't give it all away we want people to go read the article yeah yeah no actually this one <clears throat> I will I will preface this by saying that it won't work with APFS you know this is uh, something that uh, you know focuses predominantly on HFS plus and that's because you know I think there are some ports over uh, fuse of uh, APFS, but I don't know that they're stable. So the, yeah, the article focuses on HFS plus and being able to use HFS plus as the ah, back okay. to be able to either access existing uh, disk drives. Like let's say you decide to retire an old MacBook, but you still need that data drive. Mm -hmm. right? So you can you know connect it as a secondary drive to your Linux box, or let's say you have an external drive connected that isn't, you know, um, the, the common uh, XFAT or FAT32 file system, right, which is usually 
the go-to for, you know, a lot of like USB thumb drives and, and things like that. But uh, yeah, you know, if you decide to format HFS plus on it and then, you know, uh, plug it into your MacBook one minute and then take it over to your uh, Linux uh, machine another minute, you can do so. And that's the focus of the secondary article. Um, that sounds like a pretty great article. I will read it, I promise. <laughs> I joke, I joke, I already read it. Um, so so we, talk, we have talked in the past about sort of the state of the Linux desktop. We have a really great article where, where uh, one, of, one of our authors talks, tells the story of his migration, um, his frustration he, you know, with his Mac. He, he'd had a Mac for a long time, like many have, and then uh, um, decided he wanted to, uh, I don't know, live his ideals, I suppose. Um, and he has now a uh, Librem from Purism, which is something I also have a Librem made by Purism, which is an, a really nice, high-end feeling laptop um, that maybe, I mean, it may end up being a, a nice gateway drug for, for Mac users. Um, and, you know, and we had talked about, about sort of the state of the desktop and you had some experience, um, switching people onto Ubuntu. I wonder, could you talk about that a little bit? Petros, I mean, sorry. Switching yeah. people onto Ubuntu? Yeah. Uh, well, no, I have, but not necessarily from a Mac environment. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. From, from a Windows environment, yes. And, and, and the transition was, you know, pain-free and uh, easy to do for, for many, especially for the more general purpose user that requires nothing more than a, than a web browser or a word processor, or, you know, just basic utilities. But, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not saying that uh, it's those types of individuals uh, that would benefit mostly for, you know, the trans, you know, to that, to transition to, you know, Linux from, you know, said environment. I mean, there's obviously a lot of value. You know, Linux has grown exponentially since, you know, you know, over the past couple of decades to the point where now it's it can it can handle pretty much every user requirement or um, or uh, functionality. Um, you know, anything that you can do on the Mac, you can do on Linux. Uh, you know, I, I don't think any of our listeners would, uh, would deny that. No, I think, yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think in some ways you can do more. Um, I, I was thinking like, for, for example, the Librem has kill switches for microphones and, uh, and, and the camera and, you know, other other things that what Apple's done is is removed a lot of features that and and a lot of functions, a lot of ports and other things uh, that frankly infuriate a lot of <laughs> advanced advanced users. I speak personally here, yeah. and uh, um, you know, it still has function keys. It doesn't have that silly touch bar. You know, things like that, and um, you know, having you know having having those options is just so much better. I, I, I was thinking that, you know, for, 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 for Librem or for, I mean, for, uh, for Purism or for any of the other um, Linux hardware developers, it'd be really great if when watching movies, we see laptops being used that have penguins or some other thing in the back besides the Apple uh, thing. It seems, I, I've noticed lately is like every time a, a laptop or anything like that appears in a movie, it's always with, that you know, it's always an apple, and 
that's not, I, I, that may actually be the demographics of things, but it also stinks of product placement. So uh, we, we need to place more products that have penguins showing on them. It's a trivial suggestion. Yeah, that's but, funny. I, I kind of agree. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the minimalism of the design of the Librem and other... Uh, yeah, it doesn't have a glowing loaded, in the back. Yeah, no, it has nothing. And that, that's yeah. part of the, the, the beauty of it, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I agree. Maybe I'll put a big penguin sticker on the back of mine. Don't tell. No, I think you just drilled a hole in the back. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll cut it's it out. A penguin shaped hole in the back. But hey, you know what? I can. No, I. That's the great part. I can do whatever I, I, I want to it. I can upgrade any piece of it. I can. Um, I don't have to take it to a Genius Bar or whatever <laughs> to replace mm -hmm. my hard drive or upgrade my RAM or do anything that I want, which is kind of nice. Well, uh, you you have to also see it from from another point of view, right? The the end to end model. Now, I, to add to, to Doc's point, yeah, I, it's for the advanced user, I, I agree. You know, the fact that Apple is, is simplifying, you know, their, 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 their hardware and their software, they're, uh, op they're making it where, you know, if you take out features and functionality, the less would go wrong, right? The less things will break, you know, and, and uh, it, it helps in their model, it helps in their environment, but for the advanced users, such as, you know, you and I, and, and yeah. a good chunk of our listeners, well, we need that advanced functionality. And, and uh, Linux obviously gives us that flexibility. And when we're running on the right hardware, I mean, even better, you know, such yeah. as the, uh, the liberal, you know, it, it gives us the ability to do what we want when we want it. And the fact that Apple is, you know, removing a lot of these, you know, features, these ports, you know, the touch bar was, is a horrible thing. You know, if you ask me, I just, I just can't stand it. It just, but I don't that, know anyone who can, I have never, yeah, I, I have never encountered a single you know, user. The, the biggest likes. loss is the function is the escape key. Well, yeah. it's there. You just have to feel yeah. around. You just don't know it's there. You can't feel it there. It's just a part of a surface. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, the thing that gets me is it's just one of many things. And I, and I know I, I agree with you that advanced users have different needs and, and that may be different from the direction that the new Macs are going. But I, I see constantly, um, you know, social media posts and whatnot from just sort of regular old users, not developers, um, people that don't have any particular advanced needs still becoming frustrated and disillusioned with Apple products because um, because of all of this additional you know stuff like the touch bar and the butterfly keyboard and but then also the removal of things like the MagSafe adapter and yeah. you know, and the ports and and then that combined with the price I I I, I just for you know the sake of this I, I opened Apple.com and priced out a new MacBook Pro to see what it would cost. Um, to get one configured the way that I would want it, and I think it was thirty eight hundred dollars. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I was a yeah. little taken aback. Um, yeah, yeah I needed, I needed some air, but uh, yeah. So, and I and I see these people going to things like um, I saw somebody post that they had moved to a Microsoft Surface, for example. But I think there's opportunity here, you know, for companies making really good Linux-based hardware. I mean, we've We've 
created a world that is pretty platform agnostic, right? I mean, you can switch back and forth interchangeably between an iPhone and an Android phone for the most part. I can switch back and forth between a Windows Mac and a Linux laptop for the most part. You know, maybe there is, or is, I, I'm asking you, do you think there is a, an opportunity to take advantage of these, well, I don't want to call them failures because Apple does a lot of really good things too. And I don't want to hate on Apple too much, yeah. especially after yesterday, by the way, I want to plug our previous podcast <laughs> episode where uh, Don Marty mentioned actually Safari was uh, out ahead on some privacy issues. So, so yeah, let's yeah, it, 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 give Apple's respect done, for it too. It's done a lot with privacy, but again, it's, you know, they do their best to stick, to keep it inside of their, uh, their system. I mean, for example, they're selling their, uh, their new login with Apple, um, you know, which is, you know, I assume it, it's, it's another OAuth thing like uh, login with Facebook and login with Twitter, but with, but you have to be using your, it kind of converts your Apple ID and it gives you something that actually is a pretty cool idea, which is, it's been around a long time. A lot of others have done it, which is you basically get a burner email address when you register with, you know, if you need a burner email address, you have a burner email address. It's self-disposing. Okay. That's kind of cool, but you have to do it inside their system. And that's, Sorry. that's a, you know, that's, that's itself a problem. The, the, I'd, I'd like, you know, you guys thoughts on this, but um, I, I'm really glad that a, you know, a purism can still be in, in the laptop business when, the company that did the most to standardize the generic laptop or the generic PC, which is Windows, which is actually Microsoft, um, is going to the hardware business and making a closed box with the, with the Surface. Um, you know, they're, one of the reasons that Linux took off and succeeded as well as it has is that there were general purpose computers. You could take the motherboard, you could take the you know, memory and other things, stick them all in there, and you've got, you've got a generic uh, you know, desktop PC, but it, it was less the case with, with, with laptops because laptops are a bit more closed, at least in design. But because you're licensing Windows from Microsoft and, you know, I mean, if, even if you wanted a ThinkPad back in the day, I mean, I still have kicking around here a ThinkPad, the original IBM ThinkPad uh, Linux laptop. But you know, it's got that keyboard with little windows on it, you know, next to the, next to the, uh, the space bar and the control key and stuff like that. And you look underneath it and it says, you know, this is licensed, you know, to, to run windows, but that actually imposed the kind of standard, you know, it, it, it made a, it made something generic. And I, I worry that now that Microsoft is trying to compete with Apple in the closed hardware business that we'll see less of that. Mm -hmm. So, so where is the opportunity? Do I mean, do we? Well, here, here's the way I see it. Um, you know, there was a while where things went from a, a closed environment and, and it started to open up, uh, giving people a lot more choices and options. But I st I'm starting to see a trend where we're, we're going back to a more closed, complete end-to-end -end solution type model, which is why I think Microsoft is, is doing just that with their Surface uh, you know, hardware, and that is provide a complete solution to the end user, similar to like the phones you and I have, you know, whether you're running Android or iOS, I mean, it's a complete, complete, complete product, end to end. You get everything. You don't have to muck with anything. It's, it's handed to you and it works out of, you know, out of box. What makes or breaks the product 
is the applications you install on it. They provide a complete product and everything else that you run on it is just the apps, right? And that's sort of what people are looking for. Just give me something to run my applications on. And, and if, I don't want to deal with these little details, right? And, and I think that's what's happening now. That's where things are trending. And I think this is a prime opportunity for companies such as Purism uh, because they are following, to some degree, they are following that model providing end-to-end, -end, um, you know, products, you know, from all the way down to the hardware design up to the software, you know, the, the operating system running on it. And, and maybe this is a perfect opportunity for uh, uh, Linux products outside of, you know, Android and, <clears throat> and Chrome OS, right, uh, to, to be able to appeal to a much larger general audience. Right. Well, I think, I think, um, so pure, you know, purism is, is creating an ecosystem. They, you know, they're, they're coming up with a phone and they have services and that sort of thing. Um, and then you have things like um, canonicals, uh, snap packages that are uh, easier and more in a work, uh, you know, on different distributions and stuff. Um, well, yeah, there's. And I think, I mean, to, how, how, to what extent do things like that address this or, or do we think that maybe uh more more people are going to start coming this way instead of you know going to a, a surface for example does this help i don't see it <laughs> that's uh, a good point yeah it can't hurt <laughs> i mean a lot of it also has to do with marketing right not many yeah. people know that okay. you know that canonical exists or that purism exists or that, you know, insert any other company that's, that's uh, building a Linux product and is not intended for the data center. Um, you know, they don't know that these companies exist. So part of the problem is getting the word out there. You know, Microsoft has deep pockets. Apple has deep pockets. You can't turn on the TV without seeing a Microsoft or, or uh, Apple commercial. And the same thing when you go on uh, YouTube or on a website, you see, you know, advertisements for these companies everywhere. And, and then you have the issue that, you know, Apple's basically a fashion accessory too. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. well, there's a, a segment of the population that. that... I, I, I do want to point out, you know, there actually people have heard of Dell. And, and Dell has been selling, I think, Ubuntu laptops for some time now. Um, you can get them. I mean, you have to spe yes. special order them. And, and we've been talking a lot about purism. And, uh, you know, but System76 is out there. There is some, they're not a household name either, for sure. But, um, but you know, there are a few others. Uh, Tuxedo, um, thinking here, uh, Slimbook. Um, you know, but, but look them up. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there, there, there are, there, there are some others well, out there. We do have our handy uh, Linux laptop buyer's guide. That oh, I we do. Go. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah I will definitely uh, link to that. It's still, you know, quite valid and it's a good list. I actually just saw retweets of it uh, this morning. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty useful. And, and I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested to see, I mean, so we, we, we speak to each other in this sort of geek echo chamber, right? And so we all know about all this stuff and, and our listeners do. And, 
but it, it, I guess it's the other people that I'm that I'm curious about, right? Because Doc and I have had so many conversations about um, privacy and security and and all of these things, and you know, to a great extent, those. You know, uh, well, we're water dripping on rocks, you know. I mean, that's that's sort of how I see it. You know, sooner or later, uh, you know, changes will happen. Yeah, yeah. And but I, I guess it, I'm wondering when more and more people, the the general non-geek population, might figure out that they have a better chance of owning their own digital identity on a an open source piece of hardware. So I guess that's, that's where I'm getting at. It's a tough one. I mean, one of the problems that we have um, is that, uh, you know, I've often written about this in Linux Journal, that um, it's it's a wizards and muggles issue, right? You know, and the wizards don't want to, you know, that I don't know how many times I've said, let's work on this for the world, you know, and then some wizard will say, well, I'm doing this set of five complicated things. Why doesn't everybody do that? you know, do as I do, not as I, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in helping. And I, I want to bring this up in part because we could, I think, have programmed privacy into browsers a long time ago. We didn't do it. And because we didn't do it, um, uh, now laws are being written. And there's a new one that just showed up today uh, that I heard about anyway today uh, in New York that pretty much tries to copy the GDPR in Europe and the California Consumer Privacy Act, the CCPA in California. And once again, it puts, it requires that, um, that companies uh, get consent before they take people's data or, or harvest personal information. The problem with that is there's no way for anyone to scale and any one individual to scale. Um, in other words, you have to opt in with every single website that is all gonna do it a different way, which it's like having a different browser for every website. And, and it's completely broken, but nobody making laws can imagine a world where people have privacy tools of their own that scale across everything. It's almost impossible to talk about. I mean, it, it's just, it's not there. And we haven't put it in there yet. And by we, I mean us in general. And, and we still need to do that. I mean, it's nice that um, uh, Apple with Safari and, uh, and Don talked about this in the last podcast, but the... Um, uh, Mozilla with its new privacy uh, features, like for example, blocking third-party tracking um, or cross-site tracking, uh, uh, are good. But they're even doing it a different way. The way the way Apple does it with Safari is not the way that that, that uh, Mozilla does it with uh, with Firefox. Uh, Chrome isn't doing it at all, uh, or they're doing some other thing they say is privacy, but it really isn't. Um, I'm assuming that, by the way, I, I don't really know. I'm just assuming that Google's going to do what's in the interest of its advertising business, no matter what, um, you know, and, and we're, we're up against that. We're, we're up against us having not designed stuff that works for the muggles of the world. Um, so we can't, so that the, the muggles lawmakers can't imagine it. Uh, and that it drives me crazy that we're, brings out my Silicon Valley libertarian when I look at this <laughs> stuff because, you know, we shouldn't be getting laws yet. We need, we need the tech before we have the laws but we don't have the tech. And because we don't have the tech, we're getting these laws that are gonna make it worse. No, I, I'm with you on that. I, I get a little like, I, I get testy when I start, people start talking about regulation. I'm like, are you, but are you sure that's the answer? But- 
I don't know. It's funny, you, you know, you mentioned Google uh, will always protect Google. And, we're, you know, in the context of Linux laptops, one of probably the most popular Linux laptop would be a Chromebook, right? I mean, right. a lot of people have yeah. Chromebooks. That's, yeah. that's the, the mass market Linux yeah, laptop. And it's the cheapest thing you'll see when you walk into a Best Buy. You yeah. laptop is the cheapest laptop you'll find right there. And it's Near super useful, I'm sure. I mean, I actually have no idea. I don't think I've ever used one, but... I'm not um, as one now, and I'll be honest with you, it's it's pretty straightforward. And, and yeah. as as it uh, and as so, we were talking about so, the general user earlier, in many cases, it's it's all you need. But now that um, Chromebooks are there's, I think I don't know if they've successfully done it, but I remember there were talks about it where now Chromebooks will be able to install Android applications, but. You know, from the from the Android Play Store, also being able to install uh, Debian packages, so you can port over or install uh, you know your your Linux applications that you want, maybe GIMP or something else. Uh, but you know, Google is one of those companies that has deep pockets. Yeah, and and uh, a lot of eyeball. I mean, not not um, eyeballs as in consumers. I mean, a lot of eyes on you. <laughs> Well, yes, yes, but <laughs> they also have, you know, uh, the, the marketing, you know, that I was talking about with Microsoft, yes. people, uh, or at least the marketing force, but, you know, not many people consider Chromebooks Linux, just like not many people consider Android Linux, you know, it, right, for now, they run a Linux kernel, but I know they've been uh, working uh, pretty hard to develop their own kernel, I think. The name of it, I think, was Fuchsia or is Fuchsia. Um, but, I mean, the, the, the expectation is this kernel will eventually, if not in the next couple of years, maybe a few years after that, will replace the kernels running on, on both of these uh, stacks. So, so here's a question, though. Is that, so given, well, I need to back up a little bit. So I guess I've personally, and, and we as... Linux Journal maybe have become a little bit more and more cynical about Google. Uh, the more we, we've become focused on privacy. For example, we have removed Google Analytics from our, our website. Um, so I'm wondering, given Google's track record of uh, sharing user data and explo possibly exploiting user data, um, do we feel like Chromebook is helpful or harmful to Linux laptop adoption? Or I, do we even know that? I'd say it's that? helpful only for, for, the, for roughly the same reason that Android was helpful for Linux. And, you know, sure. it's, it's a, a bit of a bragging right thing. Um, as Petra said, it's very straightforward. It kind of just works. Um, but again, you're, you know, you're in the Google cloud. You're in, you know, you're working off their back end. Um, you're a tentacle on their system rather than an independent entity. And uh, so, but, you know, it's an open question at this point in history, whether Linux is about your independence or not. I, I think there's, and this is another thing we often talk about here, wherever here is that, that there's a sort of moral basis uh, underneath Linux that, that is about the independence of the individual. And, and being able to roll your own and run your own uh, and, and, and be a free and independent operator. And pretty much everything Google does is about not making you that. 
<laughs> right? And right, right. They, they don't want you to be independent. They don't want exactly. you to have, they, they really don't want to make a general purpose thing. I mean, that is a kind of a general purpose thing. But, you know, if you have to use nothing but Google Apps or mostly Google Apps and trap everybody else into using Google Apps, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to get out of that. Um, you know, I suppose I, we, have had, we have done things about hacking a Chromebook, haven't we, to make it less Google-ish? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I keep seeing, I'm hyper aware of privacy concerns. Thank you, Doc. <laughs> Yeah. for educating me but i you know i keep seeing these things um for example oh i can't remember his name everybody i'm gonna give up my geek card now but the creator of ruby on rails um his yeah anyway tweeted a little block too because i can't think of it yeah either. i know you I know attractive that. guy um tweeted a link to an article about uh google location data being shared with law enforcement and what's basically uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna have to edit out a lot of pausing here what's the word warrantless searches because they are sharing user location data let's for, for example say there's a there's a crime committed on uh, 84th and Lexington in New York and they want to know every single person from Central Park to the river and from 120th Street down to 57th Street. And Google will give them that. And okay, maybe that helps solve some crimes, but people are pretty uncomfortable with it. And I, I believe his comment was something along the lines of, I'd rather use Apple Maps and occasionally get taken to the wrong place than have my data exploited this way. And it, you know, it really makes you think about how much data you know google has on all of us and i'm not saying that google is doing anything evil yet <laughs> but you know it's always a question right you know so so that that's i guess where my question about chromebooks comes from yeah it's a tough one because you really don't know i mean I, I, we know that google has all kinds of information but it's google's robots that really are not motivated to reveal your information personally to, to other parties except you know, for say advertising purposes or something. And even that's fairly constrained as a developer I had dinner with last night pointed out, he said, you know, there's no general sense of harm yet. And as my friends in the law business, having worked, you know, at a law school, I'm, I'm not a lawyer, but I've worked at one and at a law school point out, you know, no harm, no foul. You have to have, you have to have harm. You have to have clear harm that happens. And, we have generalized harm. You know, we, we have a general sense that, wait a minute, we're not doing this right. But, um, you know, the, on a personal level, the benefits outweigh, outweigh the, uh, you know, the, the deficits. Yeah. I mean, using, I mean, here in New York City, where I am now, uh, using Google Maps to uh, get around the, the transit system is really helpful. I mean, they're really good. I have to add, however, that Apple on our iOS devices, um, and we have both here, um, is in fact doing a better job. They used to have nothing really? about transit. It's, it's like go, Apple didn't know that buses and trains existed, uh, but now they do. And uh, they're still not as good. I mean, Google will tell you the A train is coming in seven minutes, where as the Apple one, as I tested it last night, says is it comes every three to seven minutes. <laughs> you know, it's a little different. It's not quite there yet. Um, but you know, they've gone out of their way to compete. I mean, where, where it gets to, and this is a really hard 
one to solve. And it's, it's kind of at the core of the entire Linux experiment over three decades, which is what do we need big companies for? And the answer is a lot. There's a lot that only big companies can do. There's a lot that only they can bring to the table. And what you want is for them to come to the table, not to own the goddamn table. And of course, that's what they want to do. They all want to own the goddamn table. Once they get big, they want to do that. I had a conversation with another guy last night about the, uh, about what's happened to Amazon. Amazon started out as a retail company selling you books and then a lot of other stuff, but now it's like the entire supply chain. I mean, it's, it's massive. I mean, I don't know if you noticed this, but you, if you um, order something, it's delivered on, you want it delivered Sunday, it gets delivered Sunday. Who delivers it? Here in New York, you know who delivers it? The postal system, the United States Post Office, is hired by Amazon to work on Sundays. It's Whereas they, they didn't work on Sundays, but Amazon hired, hired their guys to work on Sundays. With their trucks. Amazon, because in, in, in uh, these companies owning the table, I just, I see Amazon as owning the entire house. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's so massive. And, yeah. and, and they're, um, you know, I, I, you know, in, in Santa Barbara, where downtown, the most common sign on a store is for lease. Um, one of the second largest empty store uh, is, uh, the former Saks Fifth Avenue, and word is that who's moving in? Amazon. Really? <laughs> Why are those clo- stores closed? Well, part of it was the high rent, you know, because the rent was just got way too high in Santa Barbara. Yeah. But still, still, it's it's just it's telling. It's just telling how that how that works. And but but, but the what? question: like Amazon book. Um, What's that, Petrus? Amazon what? Amazon bookstores? Amazon we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I mean, it, it may even be just retail where they, maybe they'll host a great big space with, you know, you can bring in your pop-up food stores and stuff like well, that. Well, that's we what know. we have here in Chicago. You know, you have these Amazon Go stores that, uh, you know, you just go in and grab yourself some quick groceries and, and uh, maybe a box lunch, you know, and, and pay with your Amazon app, right? I mean, there's a, a few of these in Chicago now. Um, so yeah. I, well, know. it's, and they're, you know, it, it, you throw giant um, compute at something that's a solvable problem, like, like dispatch. That's what, that's what Uber did. You know, I mean, they didn't even need giant compute for that. They just needed to hack dispatch. Dispatch was broken. They fixed it. Uh, Lyft did as well. It was hugely disruptive, but um, on the whole, I think most people who ride will, say it's beneficial here in new york i don't see a shortage of taxis you know like still every fourth car downtown is uh is is yellow you know so they're that business is still there but but amazon has done an awesome job i mean and 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 awesome in in the literal sense like you just are in awe of it um and i think almost fear as well you know it's kind of it's kind of like the uh, a little bit like digital technology is unleashed you know, what, what both Pacific Rim and um, what is it, uh, Godzilla are about, you know, the awakening monsters from the deep, you know, that can do what monsters do, which is know too much and do things too well. Uh, you know, but, and, and what's lost in that is the, is what can only be done independently. You know, you know, the, 
the internet, the browsers for that matter, you know, email, this was invented, all these things were invented for independent individuals operating anywhere to have complete independence and to, and to get along with each other. And uh, that's, that's a critical thing. So, you know, and so when, I mean, you know, Microsoft is now big in the Linux foundation and they're busy, they're, they're busy liking Linux and a lot of their stuff runs on Linux. I mean, they're very involved in ways they weren't before, but it's very industrial. It's very much, it's, it's four or five layers up and how can we, you know, how can we do 5G? How can we do all these big things in the world? And, and not how can we make individual creators of code more as independent as possible for the good of us all, you know, and, and, I don't see much consciousness of that. Hmm. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to follow that. It's not a note. That's a honk. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. a bark. <laughs> and do, the question is, do I need a $3,800 laptop to do any of that? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. You probably that's don't. True. You know? I probably don't. You know, and, 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 you, and of course the latest from Apple too is, you know, the if you want to completely kit out the, their new screen and their new uh, Mac Pro, uh, whatever it is. $1,000 stand. <laughs> With a $1,000 stand, um, which provoked, I thought, just one of the best cartoons I've seen. Maybe you shared it on, somebody shared it on one of our channels of the, of the Apple cup, the, uh -huh. the $2,000 cup with the add-on $1,000 handle. <laughs> That's, it's just a cup. Uh, oh, but, but there are people in Hollywood that are going to buy that thing up because they want to do you know, movie production on a, you know, on a, on a super giant fast machine. And that's the business that SGI had at one point, right? And Sun had, and Apple's going to have that business and which is fine. You know, I mean, I, I, that, that's, it's a specialty, it's a vertical. Um, and that's a box that's only going to sell into verticals. Um, it's not going to sell to you and me, but, but again, we sort of lose, you know, like the, the bicycles of the world, you know, what, what's a, what's a bike? You know, we need, we, need, we need our bikes here. We need our shoes. We need the things that only we can operate. Uh, that are, that's going to work for everybody. So. Agreed. And maybe, maybe increasingly that, will, that box will run some Linux. So yeah. I know, Petros, you have, to, you have to head out pretty soon. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Any final plug for this awesome issue? Uh, plug. Well, I wish they wouldn't have gotten rid of that MagSafe plug, but uh, <laughs> not that kind of plug. Other kind of plug. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, I think we pretty much uh, discussed uh, what our uh, listeners should be looking out for. You know, we have some exciting pieces in the, the Mac to uh, to Linux issue. You know, some ways where where Mac developers uh, can be productive in a Linux environment, and vice versa, right? You know, with with these uh, with uh, GNU Step and and um, you know other you know methods to to enable cross-platform development. I mean, it's they should go read it. I know. Yeah, I I, I want to add one small thing at, at at the end, when and I'll rely more on your experiences because you're working on. Linux laptops, both of you, fairly new ones. I, I've noticed that it's just faster. I mean, at, at Apple, even their most expensive shit is slow. Am I wrong about that? I mean, it's just there's so much overhead in there. Um, you're not. Uh, 
Well, I find it's about the same, but really, okay, then that's. Yeah, I, I find that it's about the same as well in terms of performance. But honestly, I, I, when I do spend time in a Mac OS environment, I'm usually knee deep in virtual machines. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Just virtual machines and and doing my development out of there. Yeah, yeah. I, I also want to say, and, and the current issue is a. Uh, um, a piece that I wrote called Linux Broader Foundation, which is, um, that's actually a reference to the, the Linux Foundation, but with, with what they're doing with 5G. And I think 5G is incredibly important. Um, even if it ends up just being bullshit, which, which a lot of people are saying it is, but it's being deployed. It's all over the place. It's being deployed here in New York on light poles right now. Um, and companies would not invest in that unless they want, they're expecting a payout. And 5G is, I think, the way that the phone companies stuff the internet back, the internet genie back in the bottle it came from. And uh, because you're going to have to be inside your phone company's environment to use it. So take a look at that too. Cool. Okay, well, thanks, y'all. Until until next time. Thanks, everyone who made it to the end of the episode. <laughs> thanks for listening. We did. <laughs> we did. Yay! We get medals. Um, yeah, and don't forget. You know, we still we do have podcast at linuxjournal.com for feedback. We welcome feedback. Uh, <laughs> even though I know it's nobody actually likes it. Even though the bowl is usually empty, but yeah, we yeah, do it's that. totally. Fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks. We'll wrap it up. Thanks.